Welcome, welcome to episode six, BC Banter on the Heights, the weekly Boston College podcast hosted by myself, Brett Ryder, and Pete Collins. Today, we take a look at BC's thrilling win over Louisville on the Heights, the transpiring of what has become known as Modgate. Also, is BC back? And now, following a win, we have some pride sticker, pride helmet stickers, excuse me, to hand out. But first, Pete, how are you feeling? I am feeling a hell of a lot better than I was a week ago. Uh, we got a win. We weren't suspecting to get the win, which is always a sign of a pretty gritty team. Um, you know, I want to hold back some of my comments because I know we got a packed, uh, packed agenda today, but um, it's definitely nice to see them put a W up against a team that we really weren't uh, expecting a W against. A nice win that we weren't expecting and also a win that I really didn't think that was going to happen in the ACC play for the rest of the year. So I'm very thrilled and I'm also extremely satisfied with how, how they won. So, I mean, I'll save the rest of my comments as well, but very, very, I'm shocking. I'm shocked and very happy about it. So first, um, I guess the biggest or not the biggest thing, excuse me, I'm going into the wrong segment, a new segment that we're going to kind of introduce is giving out pride stickers for the helmets. Obviously a lot of the, you know, for what the listeners might not know is in college football, a lot of teams will give out pride stickers for wins or tackles or great plays. Uh, You look at like Ohio state teams like that, Florida state, where they have stickers all over their helmets. Typically that's, that's what they're for. Um, Something I've always wished that BC did, but since the program doesn't do it, we're going to do it ourselves. So with the first the first overall pick, I'm going to let you go. Uh, who, who are you giving your first pride sticker to? I think this one is pretty obvious. Uh, every day is Zay Day. Zay Flowers mm-hmm. just went absolutely mm-hmm. nuts. Um, five catches, 151 yards, and two tutties. Uh, three huge plays, two for a touchdown. You know, he ran one to the one-yard line. I, pretty, they, I think they called it a touchdown, or everyone thought it was a touchdown for a second at least. And you know, obviously pulled it back to the one yard line. He caught the ball in double coverage. I don't know how he caught that ball. He just, he's 5'10". Like he just went up like he was 6'3". And that's like the knock on him too, is that he's not 6'3". He's like, he's, he's smaller. How can he be your number one? But he went up there and looked like a number one uh, to me. And it was, it was fun to watch Zay Flowers run around that field all day. Love it. I I want to give my first to, uh, his counterpart, uh, Mr. Phil Jakovic, really surprised at what he was actually able to do in this game. You know, his eighth 300-yard effort in his career at BC, not to be not to be laughed at in any sort of way. I I loved, especially right off the bat when he had that huge, huge, huge pass to Jalen Gill. And then even the second pass on that interception, not his fault. There was actually a really good ball that just bounced off his hands. But with that said, I really think that he responded in a good way. Uh, So I'm going to give him, him the second, second uh, pride sticker here. If you've been watching the pod, I think you know who one of my uh, highlight players has been all season, who I've been kind of kind of pulling for. Uh, bring out your broom six, Alex Broom. Nine carries, 83 yards, and a touchdown. Um, been good all season, in my opinion, and I know he texted about it earlier. I think he's the RB1 on the team now. He looks better than Garwo does. Uh, he has seven missed tackles and 24 snaps this season. <laughs> that's that's ridiculous. He has three runs of 15 or more yards. Garwo has four. 5.6 yards a carry for my Mr. Broom and 3.6 yards a carry for Garwo. I mean, he's outperforming Garwo. Uh, I think Alex Broom is the guy. Just a little worried about the injury that he looked like he had at the end of the game there. Um, so hopefully he comes back at full health. For my, for my second pick... I got to go with Marcus Valdez. Mm. Got to do it. You win by one point, all thanks to that block extra point. Special teams, baby. It's a it's a three-sided affair. Guy oh. got it done. Wasn't it uh wasn't it um what's his face that blocked it? I thought someone else blocked it. 
Was it on Wuka? Yeah, it was on Wuka. Excuse me, it was on Wuka. Yeah, are you You're updating right. your second star to on Wuka? Because I mean, yes. that guy's a tank. Yes, yes. I miss. I misspoke. On Wuka, he gets. He gets it. Everything. Everything that I said is still on point. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I love it. Apply all Every- that logic. Insert new name. Yes. <laughs> It goes to Anwuka. And on top of that, he, he had 11, or nine tackles. Oh, yeah. So, he has it. He's one of the stars of the defense all year. And I know we're getting to the defense later, but, well, that's the sneak preview. I think he's one of the one of the high, top three players, at least, on our defense, if not the top. Yeah. Surprisingly so, too. I wasn't, I so? wasn't expecting. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't expecting um, – this level of play from him. We can talk about that in a little bit, but yep. I think it's friggin' awesome. I'm so happy to see it. So, so those yeah. are our four stars. Um, but outside of the individual performance, why do you what do you think the team uh team reasons were, were that they won? You know, what are the keys to success here? Hmm. Honestly, my my two my two biggest things kind of coincide with each other. I think that they were a very aggressive on offense, pushing the ball down the field. They had a lot of big plays, lots through the air, uh, on the ground as well. But I think the fact that they were just very aggressive throwing the football, and then on top of that, uh, the offensive line actually giving the quarterback a clean pocket to throw out of. I thought that the offensive line looked a lot better. Uh, schematically and just the way they actually played. And then with their running game as well, I thought that they were very, I thought, I thought that they, I thought that they were very competent today. And I, I didn't think that we were actually going to be able to say that about them all season, but they certainly were. Yeah. I mean, what did coach say week eight or week nine is when he thought they would be coming together. So it's, it's looking more reasonable over time. They definitely looked better. Uh, the offensive line talking. I don't think they're where you want them to be at the end of the day, but we also can't expect that right now. My key to yeah. success was that Phil didn't suck. That he, didn't, he didn't suck like that bad. I mean, he like I think he had great success. You know, his three incompletions, you know, were all drops or two were drops. Sorry, two were drops, one leading to a pick. Pick wasn't his fault. It was a drop. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a couple bonehead plays though, and it's just like, come on, Phil. When he like threw the backwards pass, um, you know, you're just like, oh my god, you know. From I think even the announcer said something like, when when you're doing bad, like how about make it worse? Like he had like something sarcastic to say because it was embarrassing. Um, yeah, but throwing bombs all over the place to make up for it, which is kind of what you like to see. Guy throws the ball backwards and then, you know, but the rest of the game, he's throwing bombs down the field to Zay. I like what you said about the offensive line. We were able to establish the run. Um, but shout out to the defense and the and the special teams. Yeah, they played at such an elevated rate this week. And that's that's how you that's how you beat ACC teams. And it was really nice to actually see them play at a competent level on both sides of the ball. Yep. Even, um, and you know, another, I think another key to the, the game for me was, yeah, Malik Cunningham ran all over them in the first half, but I thought they, I thought they made some necessary adjustments on him in the second half. And I think a player, player like that, I don't think you're going to be able to completely stop the bleeding, but at least if you can slow it down, and try to keep and give your offense the opportunity to keep up, then that's that's how you win. And I, mean, I thought had, that they made some good adjustments. You like you said, Malik ran all over him, but like to a degree, they had a, a decent day. Fifteen carries, sixty-two yards. It was the three touchdowns that really killed him. But they were all red zone. They were all Malik Cunningham going nuts, right? Like the one play where he scr- he faked right, scrambled left, turned around and ran it up the middle. You're like, what are we doing? That's hard to defend, man. Like that's that's tough. He went. He had a day until he got. I think hurt. it was, it, yeah. Well, his first his first touchdown 
when I think it was his first touchdown when he ran, it was like a one yard, one yard score, but when he ran like all the way to the edge mm. in, and it was like, yeah, like you're not catching it, you know? No. <laughs> so it's like little things like that where it's, you're not going to compete with that, but at least, you know, other than that though, they really were able to keep him from, from getting the big yard, big, big yardage plays. I mean, the past two years, he's rushed for over a buck 30, and they were able right. to get, what'd you say, 60? 60, 60 65 something? yards. Yeah. And four yards a carry, like a running back day, you know? It's admirable. No. We like so that. I, so I think it proposes this question. And then this is the question that we wrote on our agenda. Did we just shit the bed against, you know, the two losses that we had earlier in the year? Or did we sneak out this win against Louisville? I think that it's a. It's a really good question. I don't think I have like a definitive answer in my my eyes for it. I think it might be both. Like I think that they were pretty bad though against uh Florida State in I mean, not even just Florida State in Virginia Tech. I think the entirety of the year so far, like they've been really bad. So yeah, I would say that they definitely shut the bed. I think that they're just improving now. Yeah, I think week over week they've improved and you can kind of see them slowly build on it. And I think that really, if you like hone in on the area that I'm specifically talking about, it's the offensive line because it allowed everything to expand. The run game, the running backs felt like they could make a move now without just having to get back to the line of scrimmage. Phil could drop back in the pocket and actually throw the ball deep with a little bit of pocket and time. The receivers didn't have to catch the ball behind the line of scrimmage. We talked about it last week. Phil wasn't throwing it past the line of scrimmage. I didn't look up the numbers this week for yards past the line of scrimmage, but it was 40 yards downfield or something, right? Because this week he wasn't throwing little dinks and dunks. He was throwing it down the field. So I think the team is slowly built on it, on it each week. Um, yeah. I think the de- the defense continue- is almost like a steady factor. I don't necessarily know if they're like getting any worse or getting any better. It just seems like they're very competent as a defense. And like, that's not yeah. a bad situation to be in when you're having a pretty doubt when we were pretty doubtful two weeks ago like nothing's good now it's like okay the defense is formidable the offense is building on something and you have players that are starting to show up too outside i mean in 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 some cases like your boy over there Mm. is starting to make a name for himself like especially the fact that he burned they burned his red shirt in this game to, to keep him going you know what the NCAA rules? You get four games, um, and then and then you shut it down in order to keep your red shirt. But the fact that they they're going to keep running them all year, I think that speaks volumes as to like what they think about him and what they think he can actually contribute not only this year but just in general. Like I think it's more important to him, or more impo- more important to the team for him to actually develop him this year going forward. So I think that was really. Really, really eye-opening. It was really cool. I mean, it's obviously warranted, and I think he's a great, a great player. So I was pretty excited to see him still getting, still getting some run. So like, I'm not quite on like the bandwagon yet for the team. Meaning, like that win didn't get me like, all right, all right. Now let me start adjusting everything. Let me start looking a lot more hopeful moving forward. I mean, we don't block that kick goes in the overtime like we need that field goal just to send it to ot not win the game by a point and i think that's pretty critical to under to to comprehend on top of the fact that malik Mm -hmm. missed time in the fourth quarter so you're playing like a backup who wasn't playing all game which we all know how can it can affect the game the field goal that we got came with less than two minutes in the final quarter like a little gust of wind and that game changes to a loss we committed so many penalties, like stupid bad ones. Yeah. That were like, it was like embarrassingly bad. Like, oh, here's another penalty. Like for the first like 10 penalties, I think they were all on BC. And at one point, uh, you know, Louisville got a penalty and the crowd cheered like one of those like F you to the refs cheers. Like finally call a penalty on the other team. Like, cause it was just all like, oh, flag. Okay. It must be on BC. Phil made sloppy turnovers, but obviously we talked about how he made up for them with highlights. But there's like, there was plenty in that game where you're like, oh man, this is still not not looking great. You know, even though we snuck out the win, uh, maybe we beat a, an opponent that was just worse than us. So I think we said last week that the 
real ceiling was going to be three wins and the expected would be two. Now I think you're shoot, you, sh- you know, can shoot for four and the expected's three. Like, I don't think it, I don't think that win necessarily moved the needle too much. It's nice to see. And I think now the idea of them winning an additional game in the ACC is like, you can see it now. Like it, it's not, not this like daunting. There's no freaking way. Like I can't look at any game on the schedule and see that they even have a chance with. Um, but I don't think that, I don't think that all of a sudden now, now it's the idea is that they're going to be a bowl, a bowl eligible team. Like, I think that that's still like a winner, winner two away from even considering. No, I hundred percent four is the high three is the likely, you know, just, I think that's consistent with our beginning of the season. Like after we were pretty, after the Rutgers game and we started recording, we said three wins. I think we're staying right at three wins. That's not going anywhere. Last week, yeah. we were probably more doubtful. We were probably more like, let's take the lower end of two, but no, staying right at three. And, and we'll go over who we think maybe could be the third win a little bit at, towards the end of the podcast. But um, I am interested to see, to take a look at the schedule and see if uh, there's any uh, extra wins that we can kind of sneak out there. Yeah. Yeah. Cause even I was actually going to say, even looking at the remainder schedule prior to that, I was thinking that Louis, Louisville was primed to be the only potential one that they were going to be able to pull out in ACC play. So, I mean, if they're going to win another game, Phil, Phil needs to, 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 to be back. So you no, know, Phil had a great game. It begs the question, uh, is Phil back? Um, to an extent. I I'm what I'm really hoping is that because that really stupid play that he made was so egregious <laughs> that I'm almost like chalking that up to pent up energy from how bad he has been previous. And hopefully he's been exercising those demons mm. through that game. And that was just like a hiccup. Um, But no, I don't think he's – I don't think – I wouldn't say he's back. I mean, there were a lot of throws that he made that were throws that we haven't seen in two years. So that's encouraging. I think it's – I think he's on the – I think he's on track. I think he's on the right track to be back. But I wouldn't I wouldn't say based off that one game that he's he's back. No, I wouldn't say that he's back either. But it, what was really encouraging was that, like I said, three incompletions earlier – Earlier in the podcast, I said three incompletions and two of them were drops. Mm-hmm. So really only one incompletion that you can stick on him. That's a great improvement. Last week we were talking about like underthrowing this, that can't throw it down the field, throwing it to the other team. I mean, our big critical takeaway or like criticism of is he's th- he threw the ball backwards and fumbled and looked horrible. And it was like a terrible turnover. I mean, I don't really have much else. He scrambled. He had like a 30-yard, 33-yard run to set up a game-winning field goal kick. Like that's clutch as hell. That was nice to see. That was like that was like Phil as advertised. He's slow though. Yeah. Oh man. Like he lumbers. That's a good way to put Mm -hmm. how how he moves. He like lumbers down the field. Like there's just no one else around him. That's why he was able to get those yards. There was another run where he was running with some open spaces and it's just all of a sudden the linebackers just closed in on him. And you're like, Oh man, like that gap was tiny. He doesn't have any speed really to bust away from college linebackers. So right, he needs to learn how to stay in that pocket. If he wants to put up some pro film. Yeah, this is not, (laughs) not indicative of a pro pro quarterback right now. I mean, yep. His arm, his arm did look a lot better. I will say that. Like I'm not he gonna threw the ball. Nice. Yeah, there were some balls where coming out of his hand, they were like beautiful. Like they were not. There was he was not the duck hunter for <laughs> for for a change. So one thing I am concerned of, and how it relates to Phil, is it's his second, you know, target. Uh, my boy George, who on at the end of the game wearing street clothes yeah. in the second half. Yeah. I didn't, I wasn't able to find, you know, how he's doing or anything, but I, you know, if my man's is hurt and Phil loses his second best receiver, a second target, at least time for, for the other guys to, to step up. 
I think it's Spencer Witter time. He made a play. Yeah. I think he caught a pass. He, make, he makes random – he's made random plays over the past couple of years. <laughs> he's good at that. He's not Takas, but he'll make random plays. So, I mean, we'll see. We'll see if he can fill in properly. Yeah, one catch six ever, yards. <laughs> yeah. I don't think he's going to be able to put up Takas numbers, but no. Takas is just the GOAT. Yeah, he was a great, great addition for them. Uh, tight ends mainly. I mean, Witter's mainly been into block, so I mean, he's going to have to catch the ball. It, I wonder who they fill in because they've been running two tight ends, at least another one in, in, into block. And so it's, and that's been nice for the run game, having a extra blocker or two, which has been helping the offensive line actually stick on their assignments and Phil not lose his head, you know, giving him time to throw the ball downfield, making occasional room for running backs to, to open and, you know, they're still not getting like the goal line push. And that's something that I think that we could look at them having to get creative, like in the goal line. Yeah. They can't just like hand it to Garwell running up the middle and get a yard. Like he ran right into their ass and lost two yards. No. And I think we see that their deep or their offense, excuse me, they really do need uh double tight end sets yeah. in order to be successful. So it's in, I'm going to be really, interested to see what they do if Takis does have to miss time, how they run the double tight end set without just when they run two tight ends out there and the other team looks at them and they can't catch. It's like, okay, eliminate, you can eliminate two eligible receivers, but with Takis, it's like, that's a threat. Yeah. That's the thing is that they have, they have a ton of tight ends on their roster. Which I kind of is a, is a red flag to me. It's like we don't know. We don't have the guy besides yeah, Takas. It's have like we like, need five. <laughs> How many do they have? I'm counting eight. Is that with Takas or seven? So like seven outside of him? Yeah. Uh, let's count right now. Okay. So one, Tommy Birmingham. Two, Hans Lillis. Three, Matt Reagan. Four, Charlie Gordoner. Um... Spencer Witter five, Takis would be six, and then when you keep on, you keep on rolling, rolling, rolling. Let's see what else we got here. Um, Andrew Landry seven, and Jeremiah Franklin eight. Jeremiah Franklin should be good. Um, he's a he's a true freshman, so I don't know a if he's ready to play and b if he's already played four games. Like I'm not really sure. If he's if if they would be willing to do that, I'm I'm guessing he hasn't. But I feel like when you're running back, you're more likely, especially in like those first four games. Like Brom was more likely to get in in those first four games than say like a tight end when there's like 19 of them on the roster. Yeah, but Jeremiah yeah. Jeremiah Franklin would be my pick. Is like who I would want to see play. I would also like to see. You know, sometimes you have to adapt the offense. So if the Two tight end sets not going to work. Maybe you put Witter in there and you bring in Garwo and Broom, one on the mm-hmm. left side of Phil, one on the right side of Phil. Making the defense go, man, they could go up the middle, they could go left, they could go right, you know, they could cross over, they could counter, and they do the running, they could do the option too to either one of them. Yeah. Because they've been running the wide receiver in motion a lot. So I think that kind of fits in with like a pistol or a, or a, what a, I don't know what the formation would be with them on the left and the right side, but some sort of pistol formation where the wide receiver can still go in motion behind the center. It would be interesting to see how they adapt, I guess is, is, guess is what I'm trying to get at. Sure. Sure. Hand up real quick too. Uh, I messed up last week when we were talking, we were talking about, remember we were talking last week about the players who might be, you know, it just in regards to getting like the six year, the sixth COVID year. Yeah. And we were talking about like if Phil stays and then like Moorhead and such. And then I said that we have a, a Peter coming in. Yeah. Do we not? Dude, he he's here. Oh. I messed up. Peter's arrived. <laughs> <laughs> he's in the building? Peter's in the building. Number three. Okay. So I just I just wanted to uh I just wanted to own that. One thing that I think, uh, you know, BC can own is that their defense is uh, on 
a serious ACC standard where I think they can compete with almost any offense. And we'll see if they can compete with almost any offense, but I think they have the potential. Like I'm not, I'm not scared of them going up against any offense. I'm like, they could pull something out here. Um, you know, they have weaknesses. Really? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I think their defense is solid, man. I think they're letting up 30 points a game, but a lot of it has to do with not getting any time on the sidelines, not getting any help from their offense, setting them up in, in good position. Um, and, and the other day, something that they benefited from that also hurt them was how quickly the offense scored. Yeah, sure. There was that lots of sense. good, there's lots of good stops. And then they go out and then the offense scores in two seconds and it's like right back on the field, do it again. And it's just the, the repeat, the, the, the frequency you're bound to let up points in almost, it seemed like that type of game where you score, I score, you score, I score. Um, but they nutted up at the right time and, and, and they did what they had to do. Um, they had like five really good stands and I think three drives where they just kind of got punched in the face and the rest of them were kind of whatever is, you know, like ate up some clock, either got rid of the ball, you know, it's a game of field position. So if you let up, if you, if the offense stays out there for four minutes and, and goes 40 yards and punts, sometimes that's not a total loss because you're moving the ball down the field and eating clock up, keeping your defense resting and their defense on the field. So, you know, I have them written down here and I kind of want to go over what I think is like a really good defense and kind of explain how they let up so many points. Sure. Let's do it. So, I mean, the first play of the game, they got punched in the face. They let up seven, they 12 plays, 70 yards, six minutes, over six minutes and let up a touchdown, which is, I think a horrible start for their defense, but they came right back three plays, negative four yards, forced the punt. It's exactly what you want to see out of your defense. Like, okay, if you're going to, you're going to let up points, but come back out and stuff them. Yeah. Force a three and out. Yep. Force a three. And out. not only that, go push them backwards, make them totally dejected. It's like that touchdown you scored. Good for you, but it's not going to happen every time you're going to, you could just as easily go nowhere. In fact, backwards, which I think we're is a great now. Yeah. We're here. They had a play, four, four plays, eight yards, turnover on downs. There was fourth and three and they stuffed Malik on fourth down. Three plays, they had another one, three plays, nine yards was out and then a punt, which is a three and out to follow up that turnover on downs. So like back-to-back stuffs right in a row, a turnover on a three and out and a turnover on down. They also had a six play, 36 yards. So again, six plays. So it's obviously they got a first down 36 yards, but on fourth and four, BC's down by two, less than eight minutes on the clock. And they turn and they stuff them on fourth and four, giving their ball back to the offense to eventually set up the game winner. So like they were a catalyst and Phil even having an opportunity to do that, them stopping them on that. And obviously at the end of the game where the backup quarterbacks in and they have a minute 56 left, if they go down and, and score any amount of points, they win the game Four plays, no yards, turnover on down, not a chance, not, don't even think about it. Defense really stands up. Like I said, the first play of the game, first drive of the game, they let up a touchdown. They also had two other drives where it was long, a nine play and a seven play, you know, uh, drive where they where it led to scores, and that's killer to have long drives. Um, but I, outside of those three drives, three long drives, I think the defense did great. And if you can cut down the amount of times that they have to go out there and do it, maybe they only let up one or two drives that they score, and that's fourteen or seventeen points. All of a sudden, you're talking, and fourteen or seventeen points. I think we can put up over 17 points. You're like, okay, we got some hope here. So I think that if you can, if Phil can not fucking throw the ball backwards and, and <laughs> give the other team and make our defense stop them in the red zone automatically, if they can keep, stop getting screwed by the offense so badly and the offense can just be formidable, I think this defense has a real chance of backing this team up and being the, the more entertaining aspect of the team. Even though we got Zay and Phil, you know, I think the defense... Yeah. The defense is is the brick wall behind BC right now. Not to mention Elijah Jones had three PIs. He sucks. Or one sucked. of them was one of them was deep deep in the second half too. They picked Might on him all game. Yeah, yeah, I know. I texted you about that because the first the first time I watched it, um, and I saw the two the two PIs. I was like, oh, those are questionable. But then I rewatched it and I was like, nah, was, those are definitely penalties. The third one was a little ticky tacky, but when you're getting picked on all game like that, they're they're, you know, and it's and and then there is a ticky, ticky tacky call. The, you're not gonna get the benefit of the doubt when you're getting burned all game long. Nope. 
and the defense really has some studs on the team. We talked about um, Azaraku, uh, Vinny De Palma, Cam Arnold. I mean, these guys are all studs flying around on the defense. I think if you're an opposing team, you have to look at this defense and, and game plan around them. Yeah, there was a there was a play in the fourth quarter. I think it was second and ten when Cam Cam Arnold in coverage had a pass breakup. Yep. He has two picks. And it was year. incredible. Yeah. I mean, he's really Azaraku, Azaraku flies around. He's forced two fumbles, got a pass deflection, two sacks, 27 tackles. So it's like that's your guy who does everything along with Cam Arnold, who has a bunch of tackles and two picks. And then you got the Palma, who's more like stuffing you and like that force that in the middle. Yeah. Forcing fumbles, leading the team in tackles. So he's like able to stuff the run just as much as he's willing to stuff the check down. Um, leads the team in solo tackle. So it's not like he needs the gang tackle everyone. He's able to take you down all by himself. I think those three guys really anchor the team. I know there's plenty of other people to to throw around out there. And I don't mean to snub anyone, but there's like those three guys, you, every single week you hear their name out of the announcer's mouth. Yeah. And they're, I think the, they're playing as a unit, which is the biggest thing. They're playing as a unit and they're playing as a team, which is interesting. Um, if it's okay, if I kind of leak us into, into the coaching and, and what happened this week. Um, yeah. I think that, I think the team kind of looked like a team too. And if you want to describe what Modgate is to the people, um, mm-hmm. I think it's kind of interesting uh, what happened recently. Yeah. Very interesting. So I kind I came onto the scene like later too. Like I think I saw kind of the tweets after the fact, like in the afternoon. But basically, what had happened is obviously we alluded to it when we were talking about the the gold shirts and the sea of gold and that stuff. But so Coach Halfley was walking around the mods and going from mod to mod to like talk to the students and hand out these shirts to kids. Uh, I know in one of the mods, they had somehow stole the Rutgers whiteboard and they wrote fire Halfley on it. <laughs> and so when he was, you know, walking from mod to mod and he went in that mod and he's talking, talking to the kids. And I think he turned the corner and he saw it. And so it's been, it was like, a, I, I don't, I don't know the extent. I don't know if he, you know was all sad and dejected like kind of like i was thinking he was <laughs> yeah i just picture but in my head like like sad tough. little halfly like and like dun, yeah. dun, dun, dun. I picture like background music coming out like what do you do turn the corner and like go ah and get all excited like do you think I, he I was chewing think, his gum yeah he was definitely chewing his gum <laughs> with his mouth open yeah i just picture in my head like you said like like well, oh, turn the corner and he sees he sees the sign fire halfly like I I can't imagine yeah like Daw! on his face but at the same time like he's a grown man right yeah someone else made a good point where they're like they're like I don't feel bad for him this dude's making three point five million I'm like, is yeah, it three point five I thought it was like two point something for some reason three point five I mean. It very well could be. Who, who cares, right? We're talking millions of dollars to, to, to coach right. the team. And like, right. I wrote down, my, my comment was like, you know, should we feel bad for him? Like, and I'm like, how soft are we? Like, right. <laughs> like that we're starting to, that we're going to feel bad for him, that he saw a sign about someone voicing an opinion. Obviously, like if that person sat down and had a serious conversation with someone who knew what they were talking about, they'd be like, listen, the financial obligation and, and the amount of time that you give them and like, look at the trajectory of like the team. He didn't have COVID to deal with. He had a broken hand on fit. Like if you sat down and started making some points, like maybe someone would be like, okay, it makes sense not to fire him, but okay. They're just like expressing an opinion of like this freaking sucks. And I hate watching it. And the coach is an easy target. That's what that sign says. Yeah. Cause it all falls back on him for right now. Right. And it, it should, should too. It yeah. should. It absolutely should. I think it's kind of it's uh what's the word I'm thinking of? Not impressive, but it's encouraging. It's encouraging to see if 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 this is why, if this is how they that's how they respond to it too. But then they rush the field too and they're all happy when they win. So it's really like whatever that, happens, they react to that 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 was that that's um 
they always they're they 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 well they basically invite the students onto the field after every game. Well, so after got, every game, not what there's one second left, which I think is I know, <laughs> I know, I but I I did see that and that did get a little bit blown out of proportion. Yeah, I don't agree with the fact that they let the students on the game at you know like that, regardless. But that is that that is like their protocol. They do let them rush the field after. I I get what you're saying, and I don't completely agree with like why they do it. But that that because that because that's the other thing. Like they made us, they portrayed us to be like such freaking losers. Like look at these dudes <laughs> rushing the field after beating two and two Louisville, and it's like ah. Yeah, but it was it's not like you know when they beat USC and they rush the field. It's not like they're rushing the field like tearing down the goalposts. They 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 all rush the field after just, every game. They just got excited and then run on the field. I don't know. I don't make a big deal about it either. And I think you're stretching for a story if you're trying to criticize a bunch of happy fans after they they win, you know. Who cares yeah, if they're who doing cares? It they were ha- they were just happy and so they did a happy thing. That's yeah. pretty explainable to me. Yeah. It's just like pretty explainable it. when they're mad and they write fire halfly. That's explainable to me too. You know, when you suck, yeah. criticize when you, when good things happen, change your narrative to, okay, you know, good things are happening. Like you don't and rejoice to, baby. Yeah. Rejoice. And just be happy. Yeah. Just be happy. <laughs> rejoice in victory, man. I mean, it looks good to win. Right. And it looks bad yeah. to lose. So, you know, yeah. that's, you, you get different reactions when, when different things are going, uh, sure. when different things are going on and, you know, hopefully that kind of motivated him. Hopefully it lit a fucking fire underneath his ass. That's what, what yeah. I think. Um, like you're you know, not safe. Like you're, you're, you don't have all the time in the world to build a foundation and do it the right way. And all these other cliche sayings that he's had. The time is now. Make that sign look stupid, Halfley. Yeah. Make them have to take that sign down because that sign doesn't play well over the course yeah. of time. Like, let that be your motivation. It's like, yeah, keep that sign up. See how long that that sign makes you look good and makes me look bad. You know, right. I win I win this game and then I go in and, and I compete maybe, hopefully, next week. You know, and, and I maybe I, I get four wins or five wins when you all thought I was going to get three and I beat some people you weren't going to beat or I made some – showed you some players to look forward to next year that make you think we're going to win more than six or seven games next year and make you, like, have hope for the program. Like, make that sign look stupid. That's what I think should happen. Not uh-uh, nobody likes me. Yeah, tough luck. Get Keep over. Going. It. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna let a, a bunch of twenty something year olds dictate dictate you. Yeah, but to Let's be go. honest, I kind of think that may be low key that he's crying inside. Definitely. Like, there's no way he like. I don't think yeah, he no. likes this. He definitely oh, feels this- lost. I feel like, honestly, if you want to, like, coach around here, you kind of, like, got to have really thick skin. I wish that yeah. we had, like, a coach that that grew up around here. Me too. Like, just some Boston though, hardhead, even though the O-line coach, yeah, whatever, you know. The O-line coach is just an absolute doofus. I know, but, like, <laughs> here we are asking for people to be from around here, and then we have one, and he's a doofus. Like, okay, <laughs> bad. All right, no, no, don't throw that in my face, but – Someone Never else mind. that's from around here. Never mind. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Give me someone yeah. else. Give me like uh, I don't know. I can't even come up with a name. I just want someone that's from around here. So it's like you can tell that if they're losing, they're still trying their hardest. I just feel like sometimes you're like, come on, what is Halfley doing? I think it's like it's almost like reassuring too, in the sense that it's like, all right, these these kids, like the student body cares. Yeah. That has like to matter. That. You know, because it's not like they're like apathetic to it or like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, we and like they're it's not it's not funny to them in the sense that like they're pissed. You know, and I like that. Like you right, should like, be mad that your team, your school sucks. You shouldn't that, be like happy or okay with it, you know, and I, I like that because the perceived notion around BC is that like it's academics. No one gives a shit about the football team no one gives a shit about sports period everyone's in school and i think the fact that they actually do care i think that 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 should say something it is a very prestigious school right like as yeah. far like so obviously people if you're gonna go there you're not gonna waste your goddamn time and not study and not like pass. yeah 
obviously sure. you're going there sure. and you're doing and you're doing your thing like everyone should in college like isn't that the goal like go there get the degree yeah. but like in your spare time because everyone has it like and you live right there like go to yeah. the games and cheer them on have a good time like treat it yeah. like a party if nothing else and then for those of you who like the sport dive in on that next level and and care about it and it's nice to see that even in the dorms people are are, are talking about the team and there's and there's opinions on them just to have an opinion means they care like you said so it is a good sign for the program in general. Yeah. There's something to rally behind. And you have like people that are actually willing to rally behind it. I think that says a lot that that's what I took out of it. That's why I was, when I, when I heard about that and I seen it like transpire on Twitter, it was good. Not only does it potentially light a fire under coach's ass, but it also shows that the student body actually cares and they and, and they actually have the power to do something. Right. Stand fire up. him up. I mean, do you think it fired yeah. him up? Do you think that he gets credit at I all for this so. win? Do you think that like this, like he, like what part of this win do you go if that was Halfley? I think he has his fingerprint pints all over it. Honestly, you tell me where because I might not agree necessarily. I think with how aggressive they were on offense, has his fingerprints on it. I think the way the the defense played has his fingerprints all over it, especially with the secondary play. I thought the secondary play was a lot better this week. Granted, yeah, Eli Eli Jones had three PIs, but I would say otherwise. The defense was playing really good, and they were playing really fast, and that's that was his whole spiel. That's the type of defense he wanted, and I think you started to see it transpire a little bit. So I don't necessarily agree with the big play being him, his fingerprint, just because I feel like he delegates too much to the offense. I'm sure he said, all right, you can't keep passing it with Phil three yards downfield. You need to throw it further downfield. But like we said that too. So like, yep, he had his eyes open last game and hopefully McNulty didn't need that feedback to go make that change in the offense. So I don't know how much I'm giving that to Halfley. I think he delegates offense and his defense again, let up over 30 points. And I, and I highlighted the defense as a real strong point with lots of potential. And I think the defense gave up 30 points partly because of the offense. We already highlighted that, but his secondary is what I kind of focus on, like how he can really make his stamp and all those pass interference and them literally specifically targeting a certain player all game long and us not really like giving him help or, you know, giving him a second player to help Elijah because he's getting burnt all day long. It was kind of like, where's the, the coach? And then lastly, there was a delay of game in the fourth quarter where we had three timeouts left. And like, why are we taking a delay of game with three timeouts in the fourth quarter? And I'm like, that's just like a huge, it's like trying to, like, it's like waving your guy around second base with two outs. Like you don't make the last out at third. It's just like a rule. You don't take a delay of game in the fourth quarter with timeouts, especially yeah. with three of them. So it's like, that's a, a coaching flaw, I think. Uh, I, I don't know if I, if I necessarily think Coach Halfley, all the penalties, it seemed undisciplined, but they just seemed completely, they didn't have a penalty problem going into this week. They were the least penalized team in the end, in, in all of college football, I'm pretty sure, at least in the ACC. ACC. I, I can't remember what the stat was that I remember. I just remember reading that they are the least penalized team, right? In the fill in the blank, I forget what it was. Yeah. They came into, the, throughout the game, they were just penalized all day. Yeah, they looked undisciplined, and I kind of bring that back to coaching. After a couple of these three or four penalties in a row, and the other team doesn't have one, you huddle your guys up and go, "Come on, figure it out." Yeah. Nope. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Like I think it was ten penalties before the other team actually got a penalty. The other team staying disciplined. You aren't disciplined, and think about it, if you could just discipline your players, how much bigger of a gap there would be in that game. I think coaching might have kept the other team in it. Yeah, I think, but I think also if you want to give McNulty the credit for the offense, I think a lot of the, I think like the delay of game penalty falls on him then too. No, he doesn't call timeouts at that timeouts, but head coaches and quarterbacks, I think are, are who you look at. It's either Phil or a coach needs to call timeout. Like would you, if in the Patriots game, would you not blame Bill for not calling that timeout? You would blame Mc, Patricia? Yeah. No, I'd blame yeah. Bill. Bill needs to call that no, timeout. But no, Halfley needs to too. 
Yeah, no, I agree. But clearly, clearly there was confusion with the play call. What, because it went down? I actually, you know, I wanted to talk to you about that. Um, Louisville got a, a similar, almost exactly the same. So you know how the ref lines up over the ball sometimes and doesn't allow him to snap it? I believe what's yeah. for defensive switches, right? So yeah. once the ref moved away, they only had six seconds left. So it was like six, five, four. And it's like they didn't have a lot of time after the ref moved away. So they basically had a ref move away, hike it almost immediately, and they just they did it. So I think yeah. they, they were kind of like, all right, this is going to go down the one or, or like to the zero and immediately hike it at the zero because they give mm-hmm. them like a second. Once it gets to zero, there's like a, almost a half a second that happens after that before the whistles come out. And like, I think that's what they were planning on. But when it didn't happen, I mean, it gets down to zero and they're still not hiking it. I mean, you got to be screaming timeout, right? Yeah, I just it didn't happen. There was no even move towards timeout. So I don't know. There's just like some knock on the coach there. That's why. I don't necessarily give it all to the coach or, you know, much of the credit to to the head coach in general, although he did lead his team to a victory when a victory you weren't suspecting. So there needs to be credit sprinkled in there that you don't see, right. How they came together as a team. So I think one, one thing too, which is either going to be looked at as. So the fact that he did burn Alex Broom's red shirt, so there's going to be two ways to look at it, right? Like you're either going to say that he had the balls enough to keep them and see what, you know, he sees what he has and he's continuing to use them or to play devil's advocate. This guy's crapping himself coaching for his job and he's scratching and clawing and doing anything he can, you know? Yeah. So there's two sides to that. And I think that it's got, we'll see how it plays out and see basically which which side of the coin it falls on for that but that's that's kind of like a thing to kind of watch how it progresses too and it might not even be at the end of this year it might be next year two years for you know it might be something that we look look back at alex broom's career as a whole and think wow you know maybe they shouldn't have played him in the whole 2022 season so we'll see Right. Especially like if, if this season you don't consider a huge success and you used a lot of brands, right. like what, why do you use him at the same right. time? Maybe that's why he is successful next year. Cause he has a whole season under his right. belt. So there you go. So it's either going to be that or it's, it's an either or halfway was squirming, kept, kept him, kept him on but, the roster on the active roster. So I think we just have I to just remember this day though. Pocket. Like if we move yeah. forward and, and it was like broom was wasted. It's like, yeah, but at the time we were all loving broom. Like he was busting open huge runs when we weren't having big runs he was receiving catching the ball when we weren't really passing to our running backs he yeah. breaking tackles where other guys weren't breaking tackles it's like uh, you had to play the good you had to play the best running back on your team and he looks yeah. like it right now you got to keep playing him so i don't know if it would be necessarily fair if in a year we look back and go oh that shouldn't have happened it's like i don't know in the time we kind of all thought it was a good idea yeah but it will be nice to play you know, to, to be captain hindsight, you know, to look back and go, that yeah. was a good idea. That was a bad idea. Let's see. Like, we'll see, you know, is, is the true uh, theme to that. I'm interested to see if um, what's his name? Uh, Joe Griffin, because Joe Griffin played in his fourth game. I don't I don't foresee him not playing the rest of the year. I don't know if you feel different, but now two two touchdowns on the year, right? Yeah. So that's the kid from Springfield. Yeah. Yes. So we'll see if they burn his red shirt this week too because he's played he played in every game except the opener so that'll be something interesting yeah like he's not having a big role like like broom has a big role that guy doesn't have as big of a role yeah i i would honestly prefer not to play him anymore yeah that's one i might want to keep hold back i mean he has one catch he has one catch for nine yards one catch for six yards one catch for four yards and a touchdown and two catches for a seven yards and a touchdown. So it's not like he's getting like extended play. He's just a tall beast of a guy. Like six I would say set him. Yeah. I, I say the same thing, especially when you have to consider next year, it's just tough. Like yeah. oh, the kid doesn't play football for like a year and a half now. And it's still practice. Yeah. Just it's practice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that's part of it. I mean, there's countless other people that have done it, you know? True. I want to take a little look ahead. I know you picked out um, 
the UConn game as a potential win. Um, why did you pick UConn and not Notre Dame? As a potential win? Yeah. As like the third think- win. We're, we're looking at three. I kind of like – I was looking at Notre Dame a little bit today. You – speak on it. I mean, they're two and two. They got the QB change, and I think Phil wants revenge. What about your boy? What do you mean? Oh, Broom? What about Takas? Oh, Takas? Yeah, he might not be playing. I was going to say, why was, why was my boy Broom coming up? Oh, yeah, Takas also yeah. from Notre Dame. But, you, you know, it's harder to have revenge from tight end. Like, Phil is more a dominant central piece to an offense where, like, if he was fucking fired up, he could potentially lead that charge. I mean, I like UConn, too. Don't get me wrong. I think it's a good pick for a third win. I'm just – does Notre Dame impress you? No. But I think when you're looking at, like, your finite third win, it's UConn. Like, yeah. if you lose to UConn, the, that's it. Like, you should not lose to UConn. Whereas, no. like, when you're talking about Notre Dame – it's not the same, you know? So, I mean, like, you could talk me into a Notre Dame. <laughs> Don't tempt me with a good time? Yeah, like, it's not – I'm not ruling it out by any means. But, uh, I mean, when you – it's UConn. When you're looking at UConn, it's like, you better friggin' win that game. Whereas, like, with Notre Dame, you kind of hope to compete. Like, Notre Dame don't look good, but – they're probably still better than you. Yeah. I just think that's the game I'm most excited about. Like UConn, like hopefully we walk, we walk in UConn. But yeah, like oh, I think, absolutely. of course, of course. Yeah, obvi- yeah, absolutely. You're excited that's the next that most, game. That's the next most interesting game outside. Of, like obviously this red bandana, you know, I'll, there's like good themes to this other morgan I feel like we're just going to go get spanked on Saturday. Like, so like Notre Dame's like, let's go in and win. Like we could win this game. Like this is going to be a competition. It should be good sport, which is why I'm looking forward to the Notre Dame game. Um, I disagree. I don't think that, I don't think that, you know, I think internally like, yeah, you're going to be like, Oh yeah, look, we can definitely win this game. We match up with them. The, the Phil revenge game, so on and so forth. But Notre Dame's definitely a lot better. And like, if, if, if we're going to say that BC is progressing, so is Notre Dame. I mean, I get it. They lost at home to Marshall, but they've, they've rebounded quite nicely. So I don't, I don't think that, I don't think that they're like a sleeping giant, you know, like, I don't think that they're, I don't think that it's going to be as, as even as like you want it to be. We'll see though. Yeah. I mean, it'll be something to look like, look week to week, like how is Notre Dame? Cause the rest of the yeah. games are, are pretty far-fetched to, to win. You're kind of like, man, a lot of things need to happen. Like some things could happen, not major things that might change the outlook on the note. Like I think we might win it, might have a chance at winning. You're like, yeah, I don't know if they really have as much of a shot as you think, Pete. So it'll be interesting to see if we still hold that stance, like either a couple weeks leading up to it or even the week of. Yeah. I mean, they have, they have BYU, Stanford, UNLV. Syracuse, Clemson, Navy, then us. They got, I mean, their schedule is definitely not definitely. Their schedule is probably their schedule is tougher than ours. You know, they lost to Ohio State 21 to 10. We probably would get blown up by 50. We could get trounced by, by Ohio State. <laughs> you know, like I, you know, I don't want to do like the transitive stuff where like you're kind of like oh well they lost by this so we and we lost by this i think you definitely can comp it but yeah i mean it's 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 fun it's fun <laughs> saying that like they kind of suck being two and two and the fact that they lost the marshall at home hilarious but uh yeah i'm not i'm i'm not ready to it's at no really, Dame too huh yeah and i'm not i'm not willing especially after how bad we looked and the fact that I don't want the recency bias just because we won a game that we might not have won if circumstances were different um, to all of a sudden let's, let, let's start talking that we're going to beat them. It's fun. Like I, I love, I love the idea of it, but I think 
it's still it's it's still UConn and Duke. Maybe you find maybe you find another one somewhere. I UConn. I mean, if you look at like the remaining schedule, you uh, Notre Notre Dame isn't even. In, I wouldn't even put them in like my top three of candidates. Oh, well, yeah, Why, yeah, how do you not? actually, yeah, actually, yeah. Well, they would be three, back. but there were yeah. three. There were they're a distant three. Well, I mean, obviously, no Clemson, right? Yeah. Number Clemson, five, yeah. Clemson, no Wake Forest. Like, no chance, no chance. All right, so what, UConn, Wake we, we give a chance. Has Duke, Hartman back. Duke. And then it's just Duke and Syracuse. And yeah, even Syracuse State, is decent. NC State, no way. I don't think Syracuse, we really are going to have a chance. That's why I brought it down to, all right, there's Connecticut. And then as like the the gimme or the layup. So like, let's look between Duke and Notre Dame. And it's just like, all right, there's motivation for the team. And this, that's like how teams like this win a game is they just need to be fired up about something. Yeah. I just, I just think the skill level is just too if, different. If we're being, if we're being realistic, it's a, it, there's a big gap between two and three. Yeah. True. And still like the, them in Syracuse, like they're going to play each other too. So we'll have a definite, a, a more definite answer, but that's not, it's, I wouldn't even say that that's far and away that Syracuse is way better than them in terms of like beatability. So mm. I don't know. I like the idea. I'm not, I'm not willing to, I'm not willing to go down that path yet. I want to, I can't for, for my own, for my own mental health sake, I can't do it yet. Um, maybe, in you- a, maybe in a few weeks. Speaking of predictions and stuff, do you want to th- take a look at our uh, our bets from last week? Yeah. All right. So um, we didn't do as good this week. We were both one for three. Uh, we snuck out one win out of our crap prediction. Um, I yeah. Let's <laughs> Louisville yeah, money t- line. Tell we em. both got we both got that one wrong. Louisville money line. Uh, yep. We, we thought Louisville was going to win. Um, they did not. You thought uh, BC with the points was going to win and which was correct BC plus 11 because obviously they won the game. So I'll give them 11 more. I thought Louisville minus 11 would cover that did not. Um, but I didn't think it was going to be a high flying affair. So the over 55 did hit. Um, this was not a defensive matchup, even under 55 doesn't mean it's going to be a defensive matchup, but still there was 60 something points scored <laughs> almost 70 something point. Right. What was the yeah. final? 30, was it 34 to 33. Yeah, so 67 points scored, tons of points being scored in that game. So that brings uh, me to 10 and 12, you to 9 and 12 on the air. Still pretty good numbers, I think, uh, if you ask me. So uh, we would be up on the money depending on how much we put where, but something to consider if you're uh, into Vegas betting or if you're taking a trip down to what, like Connecticut, one of those neighboring towns that allows gambling since, I don't know, Boston passes the law, but it takes them seven years to actually enact it. It's like they had, they need to like scribe it on old scroll and get it uh, like sent up via carrier pigeon before anything can actually happen. It's yeah. pissing me off if you can't tell. Uh, the real quick the so to bring it back to the winability that you can cross the Duke game off because it's the Friday night home game. They never freaking win those for some reason either. So <laughs> we're good. Yep. <laughs> Keep it right at three. Yeah. That's it. That's all that, that, that's my little tidbit. Continue. No, that's it. Th- those are our, those are our bets. You hope I really, us last week. <laughs> I really, I really thought that with the, um, I thought their path, their path to beating the spread was going to be more, not, not defensive battle, but I really thought that they were, I didn't, I didn't think that they could want to shoot out. So, I mean, we were both, you got you got the over. I got the cover. They won the shootout. Really cool. It was fun to watch the shootout too. That brand, see, that was like a fun brand of football too. Like that's what we've all been kind of wanting to see. See them actually be able to keep up with other with other teams and do it good too. Like there wasn't like yeah. a bunch of like overthrown balls or like they didn't have to take ten shots to make three plays. It was like yeah. no pin, pinpoint. Didn't really feel like the offense was like stagnant. There no. wasn't like times where you're sitting there like, oh, they're terrible. They made some like tough fun. decisions, but other than that, you know, yeah. they were 
I thought that like overall was like a really good game outside of like some of those things that we highlighted that they could have done better. You know, the, the penalties and the, and the mistakes that they, that they had made with the turnovers. Other than that, like the drop pass that leads to a pick, that's a sloppy kind of type of play. Uh, Yeah. You know, the, the backwards fumble can't have that happen. It takes a couple of those, take a couple of those away and, and you start tightening up some of those things. Not bad. Maybe another win in the future. Maybe one more win, according to us. Well, no, nah, definitely one more win. One more on top of that. I'm not I'm not ready to call the UConn a game a toss up yet. I'm still chalking that up. Meaning you think that's an automatic. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm not disagreeing that point. I think they definitely yeah. 99, 99% chance win that game. Yeah, 98. Okay. I just got to lower that, that 1%. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's vital. I have to. You never know. If they, if they lose, you're like, see, I did predict the 90, you know, that 2% chance I gave them. <laughs> yeah. You only gave them one, Pete. I gave them twice as much of a chance to win. Yeah, I gave them, <laughs> I gave them double. Double the percent to mess up. Yeah. You felt you felt double as confident as I did. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> I was <laughs> um no, I just really think that beyond that, it's hard. It's still hard. It's hard to see. And we'll talk about it in the next episode when we talk about like the expectations for Clemson. But I think as they kind of go along we'll be able to get a clearer picture of like if our expectations like will be raised going forward. Like if they're improving enough to actually compete in these games, I don't know if they're going to be able to come that far, but we'll see. I have an open mind, but not, not looking, uh, looking good. No, no, I agree. I have an open mind too. I'd like to be proven wrong. It'd be nice. Can I uh, give you my final thoughts and then you give me your final thoughts and we'll take these guys home? Yep. I mean, uh, this week, we'll talk about it on the next pod, but Friday night, hockey opener, Saturday, mm. red bandana game. Uh, could not be more excited to head over there. You and I have plans to go over there, so that will be fun. Um, I'm looking forward to talking about the hockey team a little bit more, too. I find the hockey to be thrilling at, B- at BC. I love the hockey games there. I like that you can get such an intimate experience with the game too. It's not like this uh, jam-packed like arena or anything. You can park, go rock right in. It's a great experience. Half off, half off snacks before the game. I don't know. It just feels like a nice atmosphere. And I think the team has a really good team year to year. Uh, it'll be interesting to see the new coach come in. It'll be interesting to see some of the new players that they got. Uh, new goalie takeover, which would be definitely uh, something to look forward to. So I'm just excited to see the hockey team on Friday, then equally excited for my first red bandana in person game, um, which will be super cool um, to see. They're honoring some people before the game, retiring some, uh, some names, putting some people Mm -hmm. in the hall of fame, just the atmosphere that, that um, I anticipate that's been at the other games, you know, amplified at this game will just be really cool. So I'm just looking forward to the, actual uh atmosphere at bc as opposed to the the coach atmosphere of bc or the twitter atmosphere of bc yeah yeah it's gonna be a good time the season opener it against quinnipiac that's gonna be fun Mm -hmm. i'm kind of chomping at the bit to get back there especially after the way they played last year i'm just really looking forward to you know seeing them redeem themselves it was really tough following them down the stretch it was like really sad and then the red bandana game. Yeah, it's Clemson. Um, the, the, the bitter, my bittersweet notion with Clemson is the, the previous two seasons, they've just played them so goddamn good. And it was all building up for a really good matchup this year to see if they could get over the hump. I think that that's mindset notion has changed. Uh, anything's possible. I think anytime you get the marquee matchup against Clemson on a Saturday night at home, it's always, always going to be a fun time. It'll be great, great for us to be there. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that as well. Um, episode 
Episode six. Mm-hmm. In in the books. We ready to shut it, buddy? Shut it down, baby. You got it. All right. So we have this episode six. We have our Louisville preview. Be on nope. the lookout. Or Louisville. Excuse me. I'm off tonight. This Louisville, is the Louisville review. Louisville review. The review. And the Clemson preview. There Be on the lookout for that. A uh, little hawk, hockey Friday night, football Saturday night. And with that, um, go Eagles. Roll Eagles.